Your thoughts on Colorado? Well, I think it's probably, you know, the best team Tad has had since he's been there. Uh, last year's team obviously won the, the big the Pac-12 uh, tournament and, and went to the NCAA tournament and uh, had some success in the tournament. But but I, I think that, you know, the guards are a year older and, and Roberson's emerged at one of the most elite four men in the, you know, in the country. And I think that they got a really nice team. He does a great job. He gets them to guard. And, and, and but still yet gives them great freedom offensively. I mean, they play with a free mind. He, he's got a really good team. Was this game set up because of Tad, or why do you want to play them again? Uh, no, it wasn't because of Tad. It was because I think that uh, it's such a good game for fans that can't see us play in Allen Fieldhouse that live in the western part of the state uh, primarily. So we get a home and home with, with, uh, with Colorado. and. and uh, and I have no ill will at all towards Colorado. You know, they left the league because they had to. They had to. I mean, with the league potentially breaking up, they 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 had to to jump in, jump and and take what was available. So uh, uh, we certainly understand that. But but uh, but primarily did it for our fans that live in Western Kansas or or uh, uh, in the Denver area. Did you watch their game last night? Uh, I will watch it. I haven't watched it yet. We we're running tape of it right now, so I'll see it as soon as uh, lunch is over. They got off to a great start, though. I don't know if it was, I know it was nine to nothing at least to start. It may have been more than that, and then, then they were up 20 at halftime and ended up holding on, but they, but they controlled that game from the very beginning. Coach, how would you kind of describe your point guard situation right now? Uh, kind of progressed or yeah well you know I don't I don't know if I'm happy uh the the thing about it is and you guys may it's it, it's not uh really Elijah as much as it is that the pieces around Elijah we haven't played with a true point guard here in a while Sharon's the closest thing to a true point that we've had and he was a scoring point but hey Mario and 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 uh and Russell whoever got it brought it uh you know, with, with Ty or Elijah, whoever got it, brought it. Mainly Ty, though. Uh, you know, with Sharon or Ty, whoever got it, brought it. Uh, to me, that's the best way to play. The way we play now is uh, Elijah brings it. So so it, it wasn't anything that, that, that really Elijah is a lot different than he has been in years past. It's just we just don't have anybody else yet, yet to compliment him the way we played in the past. And, and so that puts more pressure on him to – to make the pass to finish plays and, and, and to be the primary handler probably 80, 90% of the time. And, and you know, he, he's played okay. He hasn't, he hasn't played great yet. I, I, I think there's another big step he'll take. Uh, and, he, and he's done this in years past, too. I mean, this is not anything unusual about him starting out maybe a little slow and then kind of getting his feet under him and then, and then kicking it in. And he was that way last year. And he'll be that way again. But, we, but he, he's, he's – I don't want to say he's out of his comfort zone. That's not that's not necessarily true, but he, it's just different than the way it's looked in the past because he's the only handler we have. If we had somebody else, we'd put back there and play two guards at once, and everybody'd be talking about how good our point guard play is. So so it's just putting so much pressure on him because it's so magnified right now because he's he's what we got. Is he still trying to figure out how to hand, be the handler and score at the same time? I, I would say yes. I would say yes. He's he's not as aggressive uh, trying to score the ball because he's trying to get everybody into offense and stuff. He, it, it is. Uh, um, I think I think that's going to come. I, I I really do. I think that's going to come. But you know, the biggest thing with him is, I could be wrong. He's either shot seven or nine free throws so far. 
this year. And, and you know, that guy that handles it that much has got to get fouled. You know, you, you look around the country and point guards, late game situations, whatever, you know, they're, they're shooting six or eight a game and he's shooting, you know, one a game, basically. So, so uh, we got to improve in that area. Did he play better last game? He had nine assists. Yeah, I think he out? did. You know, he, he had a hard fall. That was a hard fall that he had and and uh, bruised his hand a little bit. So he didn't look to score. I didn't even know he bruised it, but he didn't even look to score after that. And, and uh, But I, I think he he probably did play a little bit better offensively last game. He's had two games, hadn't he, with nine assists? So that's pretty good. With the one ball handler, how much different does that make for you to kind of construct your offense and, and what you guys do? Well, it, it, it really shouldn't, uh, Kevin, in theory, because once we initiate offense, all the positions are totally interchangeable. So it really shouldn't. I, I think I think the biggest thing is, is, is what it, it hurts is not our offense, per se. It's when offense breaks down and then just go make a play. I think that, you know, when you really study it, if you really study it, most teams don't score out of their offense. They score out of broken broken plays. They score out of loose balls. They score out of a bad closeout, which, you know, forts dribble penetration. They they score out of, out of you know, I beat my man off the bounce, which, which can be designed in your offense. But a lot of times it's not. You know, you run the clock down. There's ten on the left, ten shots on the clock, and you go flat and have a guy beat a guy, force help, and that's that's your offense. But that's not really designing anything so so uh, I think I think that's where it probably is more apparent than anything else is that out of out of plays that that uh, that aren't really your offensive plays we're not getting in the paint and forcing as much help as what we have in the past so what does you having an offense do for you then just prevent total mayhem or if most of the scoring comes off broken plays, what is? Well, no, well, you know, the, the whole thing is you have to be organized. You got to have balance. You got to get the ball to the second, third side. You got to, you know, you. you see, I learned this from Coach Sutton a long time ago. He he told me, he told me that hey, if you kept telling the players if you run this right, you can't guard it. It's impossible to guard if you run right. It was the worst offensive set I've ever seen in my life. We didn't score one time off of it ever. And I told him finally, I said, Coach, I mean. Hey, with all respect to your offensive play here, uh, I think we can do better. I mean, we can come up with something better than this to get a shot. He said, you don't get it, do you? I don't want to get a shot. I want to get the ball to the third side before we even are open, so that way it makes the defense go from strong to weak to strong. That's what it was. So, so even when you – your offense is designed in a lot of ways to, 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 to put the defense in a situation where they break down. <clears throat> okay? Because – Anybody can defend the first 10 seconds or 15 seconds of the shot clock. Bad defensive teams can do that. Average defensive teams can defend maybe the first 22. The great ones can defend the entire 35. And so your defense is designed to give, I mean, your offense is designed to give defenses a chance to break down. And if you try to just come down and run a quick play and try to score off of it, you don't give yourself the best chance. So, so everybody, when you, we, trust me, we run a ton of offense. We are organized, all that stuff. But still, the bottom line is, it's just like baseball. Good pitching will beat good hitting any day of the week. So if a defense is really sound and they can guard your actions, now it's up to players to go make some plays. And you got to have both. you got to have both. So That was a pretty good baseball analogy, <laughs> if, if you really want to know.
Because Keegan's a baseball guy, isn't that right? Isn't that right about baseball? Well, the world's worst baseball player. Well, you write like you knew something about it. So, <laughs> or you attempt to. <laughs> Have you talked to Tad at all about what life's been like for them in the Pac-12? What's your perception of how it's been for them? Oh, I haven't. Uh, uh, I've talked to Tad. I've, I've texted him after games and, and that kind of stuff. I haven't asked him that question. You know, I, I would, I'd have to believe Tad's pretty happy. You know, guy grows up in, in Greeley, if I'm not mistaken, Colorado, and and uh, you know has a chance to coach at his his state school, and and uh, and he's got the thing turned in a big way. I mean, he's got it turned, and there's excitement, enthusiasm, and they'll be better next year than they are this year. So, uh, uh, I would think Tad would be very happy with the direction their program's going. And he's a great guy. He he he's a great guy. Extra practice time, allowing you to put even more things in. Yeah, we got a couple more things in. We, you know, we, we practiced Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We were off Saturday after that stellar performance in the Sprint Center, and then we we practiced Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, off yesterday, and then we practiced today and tomorrow. So we've gotten a lot of stuff in, but we also should be pretty well rested too. How are practices going overall? Uh, practices are good. I mean, they're good. Yeah, we've been pretty competitive the last few days. Uh, I would say that that we're probably not in a in in a, in a in a mode that we probably uh, uh, come to practice with the same intensity every day or the same focus or the same concentration that you should. But we're young too. But but uh, I think the guys are trying pretty hard. I think they're doing pretty good. Where we play you? harder in practice <laughs> than we do the games. I mean, that's what blows my mind. I, 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 I haven't, I haven't seen that. You know, uh, when when you talk about diving on the floor for loose balls, we'll have we'll have possessions in practice. Seven guys are on the floor, same loose ball, and we'll go through a whole half and not have anybody dive against Oregon State. So it, it's kind of a a, a a weird deal with that. So if we keep practicing the way we've been practicing, I know it's going to click in and become a habit. They just hadn't quite clicked in yet. Do you think that could be because during practice they know you can stop at any time? Of the and, yeah, and get on the treadmill and do this and do that. Yeah, that, that may be it. Yeah, maybe it. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. Does Jeff Jeff's blocked a foul ratio one of the stranger stats you've ever? Yeah, it was, what's he fouled like seven times this year? Yeah, six fouls to forty blocks. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty good. So, uh, I, I've never heard of a big guy only fouling that few of times. So I don't know if he's not being aggressive or his, or his timing's just uncanny. Uh, uh, but I think it's probably a combination of both. He can probably be a little bit more aggressive at times, but he his, his timing on blocking shots is unbelievable, just unbelievable. He's got like I don't know where it is now, Chris, but he has more blocked shots than than all but thirteen teams in college basketball, something like that. So, which is just unbelievable to me. I've never heard that ratio of the fouls to blocks. I mean, what's a, what's a normal ratio for a shot block? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I've never studied that. I'm, I, we've, we've, uh, Cole was the best shot blocker we've had since I've been here. And I would say with Cole, it would probably have to be uh, uh, one to three or something like that. But, but you know, because he fouled. I mean, I remember taking Cole out a lot for fouling. Uh, but with Jeff, I mean, that, that's, what is that, one to seven? I mean, that, that's, that's unheard of, uh, that a guy could be that, I don't know, uh, uh, 
that good at at at, at, at uh at base, basically not putting himself in in situations where it hurts the team from a foul perspective. You know, I talk all the time about, hey, you're going to get with you a second foul because you can't guard the ball or, you know, we're going to force help and it's going to put Jeff in a bad way. But so far, he's been able to respond pretty well to that. His rebounding average is pretty good, too. Was there ever a time when his block shots affected his positioning or how he rebounded? Or Well, I, I think, it, to be honest, uh, uh, I think Jeff's a pretty good rebounder. Uh, I think he can be better. And, and you guys got the stats in front of me, but I, I would say from an offensive rebound standpoint, he should be better at doing that than, than, than what he is. But he's a pretty good defensive rebounder without question. Uh, uh, but, guys, he's had some possessions where he's hedging the ball screen or he's trying to attempt to block the shot, and he's the only guy in there fighting for the rebound. I mean, uh, one reason why I, I would almost hope his numbers would go down a little bit if that, if that means that everybody else picks it up. You know, Travis hadn't rebounded the ball yet. Uh, like he's capable of, and, and of course, I don't think that Jamari and Perry have either. So there, we got three really good rebounders out there that that haven't, at least numbers-wise, uh, uh, done enough maybe to take some pressure off of Jeff. Sometimes players talk about when you got a big guy in there, it kind of maybe changes how much they can gamble. Or sure. You, what about do you? What about coaching defense? When you have a, a guy like Jeff, can you you coach? defense any different uh yes i mean you can you can make a mistake and get beat you know the thing about it is with 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 uh with this is where it's frustrating for me at least i think you can pressure really pressure and get after people and get beat but because they have to go so hard to beat you or because they're they feel rushed it puts a shot blocker like jeff moore into play okay and then that that's the first shot that's the first pass to your fast break but what we do, we're not pressuring him, we're getting beat. So, so to me, it's like guys are sizing us up and, 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 and being able to survey the situation and as opposed to you know, us making him feel rushed. And, and we got to do a better job of making him feel rushed because Jeff will block more shots if we get to that point where we do that. So I do think you can pressure more when you got a shot blocker behind you. Yeah. Is there anyone who has the potential to, when the life's not in there, to get to the paint a lot and to keep the other guys from getting to the paint who just isn't ready yet? Or uh, you know, you would think that maybe Rio would have that potential more so than anybody, but you know, maybe maybe we're maybe we're maybe we're looking at it wrong. Maybe we should, you know, play Rio, but maybe take some pressure off of him and play Travis at the point. You know, something like that. I mean, there's some different things that we can do. We we just haven't found the one guy that says, "Hey, you're his backup." You know, we practiced Kevin Young back there, you know, believe it or not, because he actually passes it pretty good. And we, it only lasted about 10 minutes. But, but, uh, but, I mean, we've looked at some different things to try to get some guys back there. Uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, it just hasn't, you know, we, we haven't just got a comfort level with that yet. But you would think that Rio would be the, the, the guy that would have the best chance to, to do exactly what you said. Maybe mixing in a little zone here and there. Is that still something you're working we, we, on? We've looked at some different things this week. Yeah. We didn't look real long, but we'll, we looked at some different things this week. Yeah. It's still pretty early. I bet you don't look a lot at conference scores early in the season, but I still think the Big 12 um, can be a, a, one of the stronger conferences. Oh, yeah. We can be one of the stronger. We, we hadn't got off to a good start. You know what, what, what amazes me about leagues? 
if you don't play good in November and December, then your league is going to have the appearance of not being very strong. If you play great in those months, your league's going to have the appearance of being great, even if it's not in January and February and March, because your RPI from a league standpoint is determined, obviously, in your non-conference, because everybody splits once we get into league play. So uh, I, I think that we've gotten off to a rough start. We've contributed that, you know, losing to Michigan State wasn't a great loss from a national perspective. Oklahoma State probably has the best win on the resume uh, so far. You know, Texas obviously uh, uh, struggled some in, in Maui and and and, uh, and things. But, you know, Texas doesn't have all their pieces together, and they're ridiculously young. And everybody's going to get better as we move forward. But our, our league, you know, we've been a top three RPI league the last five years in a row. Uh, I think there's a chance we can get there with that, but we're going to have to play really well from this point forward as far as the non-conference games because there's some big non-conference games left for some teams. Travis has always been known as a great defender. Now he's scoring more. What does that scoring add to the team in general? Uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's, it's. A, I think Travis should be penciled in as a double-figure scorer, but it, it's certainly a boost when he makes shots. You know, no question. Uh, uh, he can become a better defender, though, and he'll be the first to tell you that. He, he uh, uh, there's a lot of ways that Travis can help a team win, and and uh, he needs to become a, uh, not a good lockdown defender, but a great lockdown defender for us. You know, Ben Ben's going to be a good defender, but Ben's still trying to figure it out. Travis has it figured out. He just got to go do it consistently, but. Uh, you know, Travis is, you know, ever since we played over there in the Sprint Center against Washington State, what's that been four games ago, he's been on a pretty good roll offensively for us. How is Perry's defense? I think they're all okay. I mean, they're all okay. Guys, our defensive numbers are terrific. I mean, but, but, uh, but the, I mean, they're, they're, they're all okay. But we, we probably don't have, uh, I, I would say if Travis gets back to Garden how he did last year, I think that we'll become a much better defensive team, probably. And Thomas didn't guard anybody, so they're all doing better than he did. So, <laughs> but he rebounded it, so he didn't guard anybody.